another three seconds to do it. Here's Chauncey Phillips. Here it is. He's got it. He's got it. Chauncey Phillips hits the three. Overtime. Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman moving. Blue line chance. The Detroit Lions select Panay Sewell. Tackle, Oregon. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. Detroit, Michigan. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Detroit versus Everybody, the podcast. We're here bringing you episode 13, boys. And it's been a minute since I've been on the show. I know we had Ace and the crew on last week. So thanks, Ace, for stepping up. Uh, without me but we have an exciting show and you know what I just realized when I was coming over uh, to record the podcast today boys we have four professional sports going on right now all four professional sports major professional sports are going on right now that includes the World Series kicking off with the Braves and the Strohs well, um, the Tigers are not in the World Series, tiger, right? So. Tigers are not uh, but but all four going on right now and then we got college football deep in the heart of it little teaser big college football game this week not sure if you people have heard and then we got college hoops just around the corner we'll be getting to a preview of that soon but first boys how are we doing today doing good uh enjoying all the sports that are on i feel like every night i got two tvs going watching two different sports uh but yeah doing pretty well how about you ace hey i'm doing good today i don't know if you guys uh, caught it but for the first time in a long time I opened up the uh, ESPN uh, hockey page today, and lo and behold, the Detroit Red Wings were on the front page, Love and it. the new term is the Iser plan is in full effect. Let's go, Stevie Y. So, yeah, that's pretty cool, um, and then we'll talk about the other stuff, too. You know, yep. as far as baseball goes, uh, that's over for me. Our Tigers have been eliminated, so, um, you know, as far as the Detroit Tigers go, that season's over. And uh, I know it's the Houston and the Braves. You got to root for uh, former Tigers in that one. Uh, Drew Smiley for the Braves. So I think everybody's pulling for the underdog there. What about future Tiger? Yeah, Carlos Correa. Yeah. So somebody sent me a a, a picture of Correa wearing a Tiger uniform. Uh, Evan, that may have been you. That was my um, boy. Yeah, that's something to look forward to. Uh, I'm just not sure. Uh, I'm not sure Alabila has a NAS to pull that off, but we'll see. <laughs> and I've heard Correa be interviewed over the past couple weeks about his upcoming free agency. Sounds like he ain't really going to take any type of discount. So we're going to have to – I just had – I finished off a Little Caesars pizza this morning for breakfast. I ate one for lunch, and I'm getting one here shortly for dinner. So I think you can expect to see Carlos Carrera, Carrera wearing the pinstripes in the Yankee uniform next year. Carrera. Expect it. All right. Um, I hope we get, at least get Correa then. Yeah. Um, all right. But, so, but good to hear from the boys. All right. Let's go through the topics real quick for today's episode. We're going to keep it tight. We want to cut it down for the fans, but we got good stuff today. So, we're going to kick it off with a little Lions versus Rams review. I know we all watched that game. It was tough. Uh, battled it out. We're going to talk a little Red Wings start. We're going to get into the Pistons. I noticed that hasn't been touched on yet, probably for a good reason. And then we're going to finish it up with the game of the weekend in sports. Michigan versus Michigan State in East Lansing. We just looked up the weather forecast. 50 degrees, cloudy, no precipitation in sight. Um, It's going to be a great day for football. But to kick it off, boys, let's start off with our Detroit Lions. They lost this past weekend on Sunday. It was a 4 o'clock game, which is weird for the Lions. But uh, lost in L.A. 
28 to 19 in a battle, a dogfight uh, with the Rams. I know they kicked a field goal kind of at the end to go up two scores. Boys, can we talk about what your takeaways or what stood out to you in that Lions game? Yeah, um, disappointing result, getting the loss, but you got to love the fight from the players and from Dan Campbell. The onside kick, the two fake punts. Ding, ding, um, ding. I mean, he's putting it all out there yeah. to win. I mean, we were in L.A., who's a Super Bowl contender, a legit one, and we had a chance to take the lead on him late in the fourth yep. and then got through the pick. Um, it was just we ran the ball well. Average five yards a carry. Goff with the two picks didn't help. Um, we slowed the Rams' offense down kind of by just keeping them off the field. Uh, forced a couple punts, which was good. But just falling to 0-7. And, and I'm getting tired of the the good efforts, but disappointing results. Even though that's kind of what we expected, it just sucks to actually be living through it right now. Ace, what do you got? Hey, so yeah, we're going to talk all three uh, Detroit sports teams tonight. But, uh, you know, right now the Lions and the Pistons are a combined 0 for 10. So I'm not really sure you can say they've started their seasons. Um, but, you know, like Cole, you know, I got uh, on my notes here, I've got Dan Campbell with a little heart symbol underneath it. You know, I may lose my man card, but, you know, here's a guy, beginning of the season, he's going to bite kneecap. We've had plenty of opportunity to do that. Uh, he's crying. Um and then this week, he pulled out every gimmick in the book. We converted two fake punts, an onside kick, but the result was the same in the end. But, you know, I'm growing very fond of Dan Campbell. I yeah. love the passion uh, that he brings uh, to the Motor City. And at some point, that will translate to wins. Um, you know, Cole said it. The Lions averaged 4.9 yards per carry. You know, and, and some of that was inflated a little bit by the fake punt that went for 28 yards. But... You know, even with that said, you know, both uh, Swift and Jamal Williams, I think one of them carried the ball 13 times, won 12 times. Yep. Real question is, why didn't we run the ball more? Yeah. yeah. Um, in that one, you know, you look at you look at the uh, the Rams. You know, one br a bright spot for Detroit. The Rams ran the ball 19 times for 47 yards, mm -hmm. a 2.5 yard per carry. Now, I think we all watched the game. We understand Stafford could have threw it 75 times. We only had one sack, not a lot of pressure on him. Yep. And uh, any time, we didn't see Matthew with a with a clean pocket uh, too many times in Detroit, but he definitely had it uh, playing his former team this past Sunday. And then you look at, you know, a problem that we have. Um, you know, our receivers are Raymond, Price, Fells. Lucas Raymond. Who is Hodge, Price? and Allison. Those were our receivers on the field. You know, Khalif Raymond, we've come to love, right? Yeah. But he wasn't even around last year. And then you look on the other side of the ball, and the Rams have probably, you know, a couple of long ball guys in Van Jefferson and Deshaun Jackson. And then they've got uh, Robert Woods, who's a great uh, possession guy. Good blocker. And then you've got the guy that's probably, Stafford has turned him into the best receiver in the league this year, uh, Cooper Cup. But, uh, you know, a couple other strong spots, you know, one guy that I really like on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Tracy Walker. He had eight tackles, four solo, and the, and the dude likes to hit. Yeah. Um, so you watched him, and then Monday night you saw his old running mate, Quandre Diggs, and that's just another guy. You know, he's playing like a pro bowler in Seattle, and that's another guy that just likes to hit. Yep. And I see Tracy Walker kind of filling that role. Yeah. All right, so we got the trade deadline coming up this week. Ho, ho, let me, let me, 
All right, you going to something else? Yeah, yeah. No, All let right. me get to my take. Okay. I got thoughts on okay. how you let it off about Dan Campbell. I totally agree with you. I think last week when we got embarrassed at home against the Cincinnati Bengals, you could tell he came out, all the coaches, players came out and said, hey, that's ridiculous, unacceptable, cannot happen. And I think for the most part, we would agree that every game outside of that one this year, we have played com- competitive football in. And that includes this game where there was long stretches where I felt like we're in it. We got a chance to win. We're playing hard. So to go out last week, get embarrassed against the Bengals, come back this week, put up a fight, be leading against the LA Rams, who people are seeing as a Super Bowl contender, I think that speaks to the character. And like you said, the big heart for this team, I think it speaks to that. And and Dan talked about everyone in the media. It's us, every sports writer in Detroit, everyone in ESPN, all – they're all saying this Detroit Lions team doesn't have enough talent. Like they just don't have talent to contend. And while that's true, Dan Talent said or Dan Campbell saying, listen, I don't give a shit about the lack of talent. Like I don't care about that. I'm not hearing that. The guys in these rooms don't hear it. There's plenty of talent to get the job done and work hard here. And so I like hearing that. I like seeing it. I know it's year one, so maybe he's still fired up and not totally beat down by the Detroit Lions all the way yet. Uh, but but pretty pumped. Um, pretty pumped. Uh, about Dan Campbell and I think um, this team has showed a lot of character a lot of heart in the first year so who knows I know you you were going to talk about the trade deadline all right I I hadn't looked that up yet but I'm I'm I'm, my interest is peaked all right so you know what position did we not you know go to the draft and you know it took us four rounds to to get our first pick uh wide receiver yeah so um what's his name Amran Armand 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 Ross St. Brown right so he was a fourth round pick. So obviously we've been, uh, our receiving core has been decimated. You know, what we did have um, is no longer there. We traded uh, or released guys last year and uh, Tyrell Williams has yet to make an appearance this year for us. So if you think about uh, potential trade candidates out there, one team that I look at is the, uh, the Dallas Cowboys. So this week, Michael Gallup will return to action and that team right now has Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, entrenched as the one and two. Michael Gallup played a, a, a few snaps the first week of the season, and, and then he's been on the IR. He, he's going to make a return either this week or next week. He started practicing with the Cowboys. Um, but that may be a target uh, that the Lions go after. And, you know, the way that uh, trades are done now, you're probably looking at maybe a fourth-round pick. Uh, to get Michael Gallup from the Cowboys, and then you got to figure out a way to fit him, fit him under your cap. So um, make it happen. Good teams will make it happen. That's a receiver that's young, and it is somebody that we could uh, we could put in our uniform. At least give uh, Goff uh, a uh, NFL type receiver to throw to. I think that's an interesting take, Ace. Not sure the Cowboys are looking to send guys away while they're fighting for a playoff spot, but I, I didn't, hadn't looked at it from that perspective. I'm looking to add. I know, Cole, you brought up a guy last night that you thought, or yesterday, should have been a trade target for the Lions. You remember the guy you told me? Yeah, it was Noah Igbenobi or something like close to that. He's a corner for the Dolphins. Uh, He was a first-round pick. And newsflash, we'll take the corners just like we'll take the receivers right now. Yeah, he was a first-round pick either last year or a couple years ago. And uh, he's a smaller one, but he's freakishly athletic. I think he was like 5'10", 210, something like that. Um, but so he'd be a guy to look at. Um, and then Dolphins have some veteran corners, so yeah, he's not getting playing right, time right now. Right, he, he has no PT right now. So he'd be a cheap guy to look at. Another one, um, 
kind of similar to aces would be Andy Isabella from the Cardinals. Yeah. Um, now, I the agree. problem with all these is we have no cap room. So we can't worry. We can't do anything. We have no cap um, due to no cap. We have no cap. Yeah. Due to bad contracts, all our in, I mean, we have like 60 million on the IR right now. Um, yeah. So we just keep having to pay guys just to, just to fill a roster. So I'm I, telling you right now, good teams figure out a way. I agree. If you got a hole to fill, and God knows we got a lot of holes to fill, but Sheila Ford Hamp wanted a receiver on draft day and didn't get one. You know, she was in the uh, in the war room when we finally took one in the fourth round, um, but she was there and she wanted a playmaker. Right now, you look at this team. Who is the playmaker on this team other than DeAndre Swift and T.J. Hawkinson? We don't have a playmaker uh, split wide, and we have zero playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. I think just last thing on this game before we start jumping around, but um, I think we can all agree Jared Goff, poor performance. Um, I think the, the story's out on him, and it has been, but they're making him keep everything in front, uh, check downs. They're, they know we're throwing it to the running back, short routes. Everything is short, short, short. Haven't hit on a deep ball, maybe because we don't have any NFL receivers, maybe because we don't have an NFL quarterback, but it's a combination of both. But we cannot stretch the defense, and in turn, um, it's limiting our playmakers right now, which are our running backs and tight ends. So down 25-19 with uh, a few minutes to play uh, uh, inside the 20-yard line of the Rams. And uh, for some reason, Jared Goff thought it was time to throw one 20 yards down the field. And uh, into what looked like triple coverage and an easy pickoff for the Rams. That shit can't happen. Right. All right. You got a chance to win the game. Uh, but, you know, Lions fans expect, we don't expect to win the game. So we didn't expect to have a touchdown there. We didn't expect to score a touchdown and then hold the Rams pointless uh, the rest of the game. You know, we've got to change that. Yeah. You know, at some point, uh, you know, winning creates momentum. And uh, we need to get a couple. But, uh, you know, right now it's tough to see. All right, boys. W- quick one-word response before we move on to the next topic. Lions play home, I think home, versus the Eagles this week. Do we get our first win? Cole? No. Ace? No, and I think you see Jalen Hurts probably combined for about 400 total yards. one-word, Ace? I'm going yes. I'm laying the claim right now. The boys battled last week in L.A. We're I thought we'd do one week. word. Win. <laughs> All right. Next topic, let's jump over to to maybe the bright spot of today's show, and that's our Detroit Red Wings. You talked about the Iser plan early on. Red Wings have started the season. We have nine points through seven games. We're four wins, two losses, and an overtime loss there. Third, that's good for third place in the Atlantic Division. Can you boys tell me which game of last season that we got our fourth win? How many games into the season did we get our fourth win last year? I'm not How many did we end up with? I mean, no uh, clue 15, how many 15 or something like that. I'm going to say... I didn't uh, do that research. Probably around game 18. Game 16, we 16. got our fourth okay. win last year. The year before was game 14, we got our fourth win. So I know it's early. I know this might be an overreaction. But you can already see some positivity out of the wings that we haven't seen in a handful of years. What do you boys got? Um, so I, I know I've mentioned it on this podcast, but I haven't been a huge hockey fan my whole life. But... I have watched every single Red Wings game, and I get I get pretty jacked up for them. Um, seems like our, our guys are just getting to the loose pucks faster. Th- I think we want it more. I, uh, we're younger than teams, so that maybe that'll help. 
Um, I, I love the early play out of Raymond and Sider and Larkin and obviously Bertuzzi yeah. with all the goals. Uh, it, it's been fun to watch, and I can officially say like I'm a, I'm an excited Red Wings fan. Um, wow. Now I, I know this is screwing up some draft plans we had taking the uh, apparently the next superstar, but I I mean I'd much rather win than just lose every single game. So it, it's been fun to watch, and I I put Wings games on my calendar now, and I I tune right. in at seven. And before Ace, I ask for your takeaway. Shout out to the new TV deal for the NHL. Yes. Every single NHL game this year for the Wings is on ESPN Plus, other than a handful that are going to be on national TV otherwise. But that ESPN Plus partnership that the NHL has created, they've signed a new, for those of you who don't know, the, the previous deal expired with NBC. So now they've signed with, with ESPN and all their games are on ESPN+. Plus. It's awesome and it allows us to watch so many more games when we live out of market than before. Ace, thoughts on the Red Wings so far? Yeah, so 4-2-1, and one, right? Um, and, you know, the, the cool thing is with the exception, I think it was the Montreal game where we got yeah. uh, blown out 6-1. to one. Grice yeah. had probably his worst game in a wing uniform there. But every other game has been competitive. And you see the guys battling. Yep. Um, you know, I like the way the boys are standing up for each other. You know, early on, uh, you know, when somebody got hit, you know, they're, they're right in the face of the other team, and, and they're not Larkin. afraid to drop the gloves. Yeah, that's um, the first one. You know, Larkin, you know, being a key, I've been critical of him. I said, this is a big year because this is the year he's got to earn the C. And, you know, Cole and I were watching the game last night, and uh, as I indicated when I opened up uh, ESPN hockey page today, Here's Larkin, you know, after his game winner last night in overtime. Um, just uh, something to see. I don't know when the last time the Red Wings were on the cover. It may have been when uh, Eiserman was still wearing a 19 for us. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, pretty cool pretty cool thing to say. You know, I said the boys are sticking up up for each other. Hell, our equipment manager, uh, Paul Boyer, <laughs> even high-sticked one of the caps last night and uh, didn't get called. So that, that, was, that awesome. was pretty cool. You know, Cole mentioned some of the key guys. You know, Bertuzzi, I think, had a, a four-goal game. Yeah, yeah, he's four been, goal games. He's been so a monster. He's leading us right with nine point six goals. Uh, Lucas Raymond, the nineteen year old, has eight points and four goals. He had a hat trick. Um, the captain, Dylan Larkin, eight points, three goals, and then you got uh, Mo Sider still looking for his first goal, uh, but he's got six points on the season for us. Yeah, you know, and a, a key thing I look at that Evan and and Cole really don't uh, pay too much attention to is the plus minus, right? Whether you're on the basketball court, you're you're on oh. the ice, you know the object is to outscore your opponent. Yeah. So it's a little more useful in hockey than basketball. The plus on. minus: if your team scores a goal while you're on the ice, you get a plus one. If the other team scores, you get a minus one. So leading uh, this year for us is Bertuzzi at a plus eight, Larkin a plus six, Raymond a plus five, and uh, Mark Stahl, the Wiley veteran, a plus five. Yeah. So. Those guys are all uh, plus numbers. You know who led our team last year? Was it Ronick? For the entire season. Was it Ronick? Philip Ronick? Ronick? Any guesses, Cole? No. Luke Glendening was the plus wow. three the face for the season. Face-off wizard. And led our team in uh, in plus-minus last year. So, wow. yeah, definitely an exciting start to the season. Um, you know, you got to finish in the top eight to make the playoffs. The object is not to finish eighth. Yeah, yeah. It's to finish above that. So... Um, you know, it's been fun to watch uh, the only sports team in Detroit with a win so far this year. I, I agree. I've been all over the wings. Um, I think I saw him on Twitter early on referred to as Iserman's Goon Squad because of uh, a lot of the young guys. And we came out and 
Uh, Larkin, for those of you that, that know or don't, he, he missed a, a bunch of time last year with a neck injury from a cross check off a faceoff. He comes out in game one or two this year, catches a, cro- a, a kind of a dirty cross check into the boards, and he took offense to that because he spent all offseason wearing a brace even when he's off the ice walking around. And so he, he kind of suffered that injury. And so we had some guys the next couple games take a cheap shot or two, and everyone is stepping in there to, to, to back each other up. I also love seeing Mo Sider against the Tampa Bay Lightning take the puck from Victor Hedman, back-to-back Stanley Cup champion, Norris Trophy winner, um, just, just on a loose puck, and they start getting into a little scrap side. Our guys are not backing down from anybody like Cole and Ace talked about. So much fun to watch. Um, one thing to look for, I think, going forward, at least for me, is um, a lot. we've seen a lot of Larkin. Raymond has been sensational with his passing. Uh, Bertuzzi's been awesome, Cider. What about the, the other two first-round picks, uh, Philip Zadina and Michael Rasmussen, both recent first-round picks, top 10 first-round picks. Um, haven't heard a lot from either of them, and I know it's – I mean, we've been bad the last couple years, and, and um, I, I think Zadina I saw was getting a lot of shots on net, which is good, um, but we need to see more and more production. Keep them boys developing a little bit, and uh, so that's what I'll be watching for the next couple weeks. Um, one, one thing I would like to see as kind of we, we go forward throughout the season is Raymond and Sider to get more aggressive as, like, shooting-wise. Yeah. Um, just, for example, last night in overtime, now it eventually did lead to a goal, but Raymond had just one-on-one versus him and the goalie, yeah. and it looked like he had a pretty open net, and he dished yeah. it off to Larkin, and I'd like to see him maybe shoot that. And I also think Sider sometimes at the point needs to sh- take fire at some because he's always looking to pass, yeah. and he's playing well, but just maybe fire in some shots every once yeah. in a while. Cole, earlier in the season, we got beat in uh, in overtime when the other team just carried the play the whole – was yeah. that Tampa? Yeah. Okay, so – and we never touched the puck. Right. Well, guess what? Last night, that was us. Yeah. Yes. And, and the three guys out there uh, were the 19-year-old, the 20-year-old, and our captain, Larkin, right? Yeah. yeah. They carried the play, never gave up the puck, and eventually it led to a goal. So – uh, pretty cool thing to say. Uh, the youth movement, the youth movement is there. Yeah. Yep. And uh, you know, uh, in in uh, in God we trust, and right now God in Detroit is Steve Eiserman. <laughs> I, I agree. Yep. Um, I think last thing on on Raymond, I think what I've enjoyed seeing from him is the dude has elite top tier vision with his yeah. passing, and I think you're right. He he knows that. Yes. And he's looking too much for that. He yes. needs to. And that I think that'll come with time. It'll come with Larkin yelling at his ass saying, hey, shoot that yeah. and puck when you got a shot. And so it's going to come with time. But right now, he's got elite vision. You can see that. He's playing on another level when it comes to passing compared to many of the other Red Wings on the ice. Um, I know we watched McDavid and Dreisaitl last night for the Oilers. He's got passing that can get to one of their levels um, eventually, and it's been sweet to see. So anything else, boys, on the Wings before we jump over to um, the impressive start that the Detroit Pistons are going through? <laughs> No, I'm good. Ace, good? Yeah, yeah right. good with the wings. All right, so let's talk about the Pistons. They are 0-3. All right, next topic. Um, no, just just messing. Pistons have are... the Pistons started the season they have. yet? They, they have. They okay. kind of have. So they have, but Cade Cunningham has not. I, I haven't heard anything about the boy wonder yet. So That's why I'm wondering the if the Pistons, Pistons have even started. 0-3 start, and if it tells anybody anything, last night I was already Googling top prospects for the 2022 NBA draft. Yeah. So that was one thing I was Googling last night. That should tell you how the start's going. Um, we play at the 76ers tonight. Andre Drummond revenge game, so they're probably going to give us a little bit of the business. Hammer him for rebounds. Um, Cole, what do you got in the Pistons? 
Um, yeah, I mean, this team's just not good. Uh, it doesn't help when you're first. Well, oh, easy. Uh, it doesn't help when your number one overall pick doesn't play and Jeremy Grant misses a game. Right. But we've gone through three games, and in two of them we scored 82 and 84 points. That's tough. And in today's NBA, you're not going to win doing that. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you send out a lineup of Frank Jackson, Kelly Olenek, Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq Bey, and Killian Hayes, you can't expect to beat many teams with that lineup. Uh, now, that was without Cade and Jeremy, so that, that's a little different. But still, it's I, I don't know. I I said this team wasn't going to make the playoffs. I'm now Somebody certain. said they were. That was. I'm guessing it was. I don't. Well, well, what do you mean you're guessing? Listen, yeah, it I'm, was you. I'm not it against, was you. I'm not going to own up to that because I don't recall <laughs> if that was correct. Yeah, I, I wouldn't recall My lawyer either. tells me to plead the fifth, but it could have been me. Now, this guy that's looking at the 2022 draft picks is the guy that said we'll be in the playoffs. Now, Chetty, <laughs> three games in. We haven't played any cupcakes yet, so that, exactly. that's Exactly. Feed them to me. We played the Bulls and the Hawks. Dude, what's going to happen is the second half of the year, the teams that are no- tanking Hang intentionally, on. which is not us, they're going to be throwing out yeah. scrub lineups, yeah. and we're going to turn. We're going to pour it on the second half of the year. Yeah. So let me get this straight. Did, were the Bulls in the finals last year? No, but they are hot. They're, now, they're granted, the Hawks were in the semifinals. The but, Bulls are hot. Okay, the Bulls are hot because of what? The moves they made in the offseason. How many times have they played your Pistons? No, dude, the Bulls are good. Twice, right? Good. The Bulls are good. I don't disagree with that, guys. But They're I'll top be- three team in the East. Okay. We'll see how they do. We're right on the doorstep. No. Yeah, we're we, on the doorstep. Okay, we got, so we're here's my... Ass, we're getting our asses I understand door. that. We've been really bad to start the year. We all know that. Our best player, in my opinion, our best player hasn't played a single... The person we've constructed our whole offense around has not played a single game yet. Um, it's going to take some time once he comes back for us to get into rhythm, find our group, because this is the first time all these guys have, have suited up together, yeah. really. Um, Sadiq Bay, he's doing a lot of positive things, I think, on both ends of the floor. Yeah. I think Killian Hayes actually has uh, shown a little bit of positivity. Uh, I'm right, being hey, serious. All right, hey, let me break down some numbers. Yeah, I, I, it, we can't go any with, further with this and, conversation. And, and here we go. The the shooting for the Pistons has been, has awful. been awful. Yeah. That has obviously single-handedly weighed the Pistons down. That's not going to last the whole year. All right, you done? Hit us, hit, hit us with Can the I hit numbers. you with a couple numbers? Hit us with the numbers. All right, so three games in, right? We played three or four. Three. We lost three. Only three. But we're down 10 early to the Sixers. Okay, so four, 0 oh and 4. All right. So on the year so far, we've averaged 19 assists. Paolo Banchero. And 17 turnovers per game. Oh, that's you know, not I think good. I think turnovers is something I've talked about all offseason. Yeah. Uh, we just whistle that ball around the court, not knowing where the hell it's going to go. <laughs> Evan talked about shooting. So the Pistons come out of the gates. We're shooting 40% on two-pointers, 22% from the field on three-pointers, and 74% from the line. So I'm glad you guys brought up the Bulls. Um, they've started 4-0. However, two of those victories have been against uh, our Pistons. But just looking at the stats for the Bulls, 47% on twos. I'd love to know the average age of the Bulls versus us. 42% on threes and 86% from the free throw line. So those are the metrics that we need to be looking at. Okay, I agree. One thing I said was, hey, we're not going to rebound very well. But from a rebound standpoint, we've averaged 45 rebounds a game. The Bulls have averaged 41. Um, 
So, and, and the guy that's been the most impressive is uh, Sadiq Bay. 10.7 rebounds a game. I agree. He's been uh, good. Rebound. So, he's leading us in rebounding right now. Our 6'8 center, um, Beef Stew. Don't, don't trash Beef is, Stew. Is, is averaging nine rebounds a game. Yeah, but he's only so, playing 26 minutes a game so far. So, let me show you. Let me let me talk about our key guys. Beef Stew has been good. So, Evan's point guard, Killian Hayes. Is hitting twenty two percent of his say, field goals. I don't love hitching my name so, to Killian Hayes. <laughs> oh, you're hitched. You guys are hitched, brother. Can we not do that. Um, you know, Jeremy Grant. Uh, you know, our leading scorer from last year has gotten off to a cold start. He's shooting thirty six percent. Very cold. He's been not good. The one He's guy been not good. The one guy shooting the ball, Sadiq Bay, is uh, is forty six point eight percent on two. So that's a key. You know, he's still showing he's the guy uh, right now. And I think we said it, showed it. Uh, during the uh, summer league, and uh, that's carried over to the regular season. And then you got uh, uh, Isaiah Stewart actually as a center shooting 60% from the field. And um, Frank Jackson, 28%. Time to cut him loose. Um, so you got a couple of guys that need to see a little more bench time. Ace, I got, Josh Jackson is a guy that's had uh, some streaks. Ace, I and, got, uh, he's I got, shooting. So I got no clue what this player efficiency rating is on ESPN. But everyone on the Pistons has 10 or higher, and Frank Jackson is minus 5.19. So that cannot be good. So you might be right with my time to cut him loose. So you hey, verify my stats. Is Frank what Jackson, whatever you said on yeah. Frank Jackson, it checks out. Hey, so yeah. you want to verify those stats more? We're currently 0 of 7 from deep against the okay. Sixers. Nine All right. Hey, keep shooting them, baby. Here's what I'm keep saying. Keep shooting them, baby. Let's the, go. The shooting is obviously an issue. If that keeps going all year long, we're going to be picking. <laughs> I can keep looking up those top prospects. So here's the deal. No, no. Let me let me go. All right. Check back in a month, and I want to see if our offense is more efficient. When Cade has had two weeks under his belt, when our guys have understood their roles, when our coach has cut the bench a little bit, <laughs> whittled out some of these guys we've taken flyers on, then we'll Kill know. You. All right. Hey, just a quick update here. Killian Hayes is 0 for 3 from the field and 0 for 1 on uh, long distance here. Yep. He does have an assist. No. And, oh, he doesn't. Does he have any turnovers? They waved it off. They waved off the assist. All right, what, all right, what do you got? Anything else on the Pistons for uh, uh, Also, they changed balls this year, so our team's just getting used to the new balls. Actually, you know what? Uh, my bride and I were talking about that the other night. I think I figured out what's going on. We didn't know they changed balls? Well, no, I, I we're did. shooting with a boy's ball. The other teams are shooting with a girl's ball. Somehow the transition's happening during the rebounds. They are. I haven't figured it out yet. Maybe. But that's it on the Pistons. It's it's bleak. Okay. So right. that's really not affecting before, the Bulls. Before though, that you tie me to Frank Jackson and Kelly Olenek, let's move on to the next topic. And that is the meat of today's show, something that makes me salivate. Let's go. Cole's wearing a Michigan shirt yes, right sir. now. Yes, sir. Sitting here. We got the big game this weekend. Michigan versus Michigan State, boys. Saturday at noon in East Lansing. Boys, give me your takes and give me your thoughts. I'm going to be freaking jacked up for that game, first of all. So it's on Who are you my, rooting for? Uh, Michigan. <laughs> I, I'm I'm going to be stone cold. I may paint my face just to watch it in my living paint room. Paint your chest? Yeah. Um, it, it's my birthday. I've already purchased certain beverages to watch the game with. How many beverages? Uh, just Just one bottle. Of, of oh no! Certain that's gonna be a sad day. No, that's happy day. Oh okay. Um, so you just want all my takes right now? Like, just give me what you're thinking going into the game. We'll get to other stuff later. But uh, just where's your where's your headspace at? I think it should be a pretty good game. Um, okay. I think, I think I don't think either team's great. Uh, I think they're both 
solid teams. Are so, perfect. Yeah, I both th- teams are perfect. What? I They're seven and zero. No, they beat everybody on your schedule. Right, but who have they beaten? Anyone really? They're sitting, they beat everybody on your schedule. Yeah, they haven't beat any good teams Michigan yet. Michigan beat Northern Illinois. Yeah, and and freaking Michigan, Michigan State, State beat, beat Miami and Hurricanes. Western Kentucky. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm expecting a pretty good game. I think they're probably going to go how they normally go with the uh, low scoring. It's going to be a dirty game. Don't give me a score yet. Okay. I'll ask that at the end. Uh, the weather looks like it's going to be 50 and cloudy, but by game time, somehow Michigan State will have it pouring or snowing or something, which they always do. There's going to be 40-mile-an-hour winds. Nice. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm excited. I'll, I'll kind of hold it. I got stats and stuff, but I'll let Ace All talk right. about them That's for That's what a bit. I want to hear. Ace, what's your mentality going into this game? You know, I'm optimistic for Michigan. You know, you look at this season, and, you know, 7-0 and uh, has exceeded my expectations. I didn't think Washington and Wisconsin were, were going to be as bad as they are, um, but they've exceeded. So they're 7-0. and This is the game, yeah. right? So Harbaugh has to beat either Michigan State or Ohio State this year. Which one's it going to be? Um, this is his opportunity to go up in East Lansing and teach little brother – uh, something about football in the Big Ten. So it's on Jimmy this week. Do you um, think all the pressure is on Michigan this week? Oh, definitely. Okay. Yes. Right. Michigan State, you know, has dominated this uh, series here yeah. lately. And uh, at 7-0, and uh, you know, Jim's got to win. He's got to beat one of his two rivals. Yeah. He's got one next door, and he's got one down in, uh, in Columbus. He's got to beat one of those two teams this year. Yeah. All right, boys. We're going to look at this from two different angles, okay? I want you to first put on your Michigan State helmet, okay? okay. I know, Cole, it's going to be hard to do. How does Michigan State win this game? Give me the recipe for a Michigan State win in this football game. Cole, you first. Uh, defend the run, and then I think Michigan State's going to have to throw it. I think they'll they'll maybe have a little success on the ground. Well, but Kenny Walker the third Heisman front runner. I know, I know, but where I think they have a huge advantage is Naylor and Reed on our corners. Yeah. Um, specifically, just on a go route, because for some reason, our corners don't know how to cover a go route. They either it's either going to be a pass interference or yeah. a catch. Um, so if I'm Michigan State, that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm stacking the box on defense and making okay. Cade throw it. Yep. Um, whether it we, we know Cade's not very good. Um, our receivers aren't really that great either. 7-0 Cade. Yeah, 7-0 Cade. He's not that good. Um, okay. But that would be my game plan. Ace, what's your game plan, Michigan State head coach? Yeah, I, I really think, you know, I, I thought about this a lot. And my initial thoughts were the team that can run the ball is going to win the game. But then, you know, as Cole pointed out, you, you look at, you know, some of the games that Sparty's had, and I, I think that it was Jaden Reed that had three catches over 60 yards in one game for yeah. touchdowns. Yeah. So, you know, Michigan is susceptible to the long the long ball. So, yeah. you know, I, I look at the strength of the Spartan teams. They're well balanced. Um, now, if you watch, who did they play last week? Indi- well, they were on a bye, but then they played Indiana. At Indiana. They looked terrible. Yeah. Oh, I got You know, numbers. and I said, if they play the same way, Michigan is going to destroy them. But then you go back and look, you know, what has is, what is Michigan State done? Well, you know, Kenny Walker, um, you know, has uh, is averaging, the, as a team, they're averaging 5.4 yards a carry. And uh, they've got 1,400 yards rushing this year. He's the lion's share of that. He's really the only guy in that backfield. Yeah. But then you look at the three receivers that, that Sparty throws out there. 
And all three of these guys have more catches and more yards than any Michigan receiver. Hmm. So, you know, right now the leading receiver for the Wolverines is Cornelius Johnson. Seven catches, 312 yards, averages 18 yards a catch. Michigan State has Jaden Reed, 27 catches, 562 yards, averaging over uh, 20 yards of reception. He's got five touchdowns. Naylor scored six times. Yeah. He's got 27 catches for 512. So, uh, Thorne has a lot of targets. I just hope we see a repeat of what he did uh, uh, against the uh, the Hoosiers in IU because if he plays like that, we're going to beat him. All right. Cole, interesting. You said um, when he was talking about Michigan State versus IU, you got some stats that you're looking at. Yeah, so I looked at all of Michigan State's games, and there's one thing that's clear, and is it if you can hold their running game to around 100 yards or less, they're going to look bad. Um, wow. So Thorne, is, he, he has some good games, but in a game where he has to pass to move the ball, he cannot do it. Hmm. So for Michigan, for Michigan, it's going to be very similar to the game plan for Michigan State on defense. Got to stop the run. Because in the games, so they've put up 38 and 38. They ran for 200 and 330. They put up 31 at Rutgers, ran yeah. for 250. But then you look at their two games against Indiana, they ran for 100 yards total, had 20 points, and seven of them were a defensive touchdown. So if Michigan can stop that running game, I don't think Thorne's going to be able to beat us, even though they have the weapons on the outside. That's that's very that's a deep dive extra analysis. And another thing to kind of add to that yeah. is I, re- I read a report um, this week on The Athletic around Michigan State, specifically Kenny Walker in the running game, and – they looked at the Miami game in particular when he had 185 yeah. or something yards rushing. 160 of those yards came outside of the tackle box. Ah. And so the a key for Michigan and, and a key for Michigan State is to get Kenny Walker, Kenneth Walker, outside of the tackle box, let him get outside of the numbers, not jam it up the middle. Their offensive line has had times where they look good. They've had times where they don't look so good. But they're going to try and get him outside of the tackle box, hit those home run plays, and that's where you're going to have to, to to have those big plays if I'm Michigan State. All right, you started – yeah, go ahead. If Michigan State gets the running game going, they are going to get us on play-action passes. That's Michigan's goal yep. – or Michigan State's goal to win this game yep. is effective running game, sets up the play-action pass, balls. unloading uh, past our defenders, yep. and, and they win the game. So that's Michigan State's uh, yeah. plan for success. All right, let's jump to the other side now. How does Michigan win this game? So I, I think Michigan's going to ha- – uh, it's it's a similar game plan for both teams. Um, they're going to have to at first try and run it effectively because we've all seen McNamara play. Um, I kind of view this game very similar to when we played at Wisconsin, even though I think uh, – I just think similar environment, similar game type. Uh, Wisconsin's run defense is better than Michigan State's. Not by much, but it is better. Um, and in that game, Cade was 17 of 28 for 200 yards and two touchdowns. So is that going to be enough in this game? I don't really know. I, th- I think we're going to have to throw it a little more because I-, I know Michigan State's going to stack the box on us. Yeah. They know we want to run. We know they want to run. Um, so I do think Cade's going to have to air it out. And I would like to see uh, like maybe a McCarthy drive or a couple more McCarthy plays involved and let him throw the ball because yeah. he is the guy who can throw it past the safeties. He can throw it. 40 yards down the field on the run, yeah. or like as the receiver's running, not him on the run per se. But uh, I think that's going to be the plan on offense. And then 
defense is going to be stop the run and hope your corners can stop theirs, which is I don't know if we're going to. Ace, how does Michigan win this game? Michigan wins the ball by having the two-headed monster in the backfield each go for 100 yards. They've got to control the line of scrimmage, and they've got to run the ball. McNamara has thrown five touchdown passes in seven games. Wow, I didn't know that. You can't count on him uh, to throw a touchdown uh, in this game. However, I think there's a secret weapon out there, and I saw some flashes in the last Michigan game. The tight end, Eric All. I knew you were 16 catches, 157 yards. And this guy is more athletic uh, than what we've seen so far. Uh, I think if Michigan can can pound the ball and uh, complete the passes to the tight end, that's their secret for success. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, we already said if Michigan State can run it, uh, we're going to be in trouble. Mm -hmm. So Hutchinson, Hill, and Ross have to shine. Those are our defensive stars. They've got to shine in this game, and Michigan has got to control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, and I think they can with a defensive front. I think they'll shut down Kenny Walker. Now, he may get loose for a long one, but they'll control the game uh, by controlling that line of scrimmage. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I think Michigan defensively keep the running back between the tackles, and then that limits the Michigan State offense from, from the huge plays. I think... And, and I'm kind of jumping a little ahead here. I'll get to you guys. But I think Peyton Thorne, this is a game where it's begging for one of these two quarterbacks to step up and win the game for their team. Agreed. If they, one of these two quarterbacks plays above their head, I think they can win the game for their team in this football game because I, Peyton Thorne has had easily the better year than, than McNamara. But if he um, – I, I think even fans would say, like, neither one of these are superstar quarterbacks, right? They're both kind of just starting out trying to find their way. Thorne has had 14 touchdowns, five picks this year, so he's probably not going to turn the ball over in this football game. Um, but I think those receivers are big players on the outside for Sparty, but I think whatever quarterback can can play above their head, that gives their team the leg up in this game. And that leads me to, boys, can I get first the score prediction that you have for this football game? If you want to tee it up with how you see the game going, feel free, but give me a score prediction. Yeah, so... I think when you look at both these teams, this is like this is the premier game on their schedule. I would say more so for Michigan State because uh, Michigan's rival is Ohio, but recently we haven't even been able to be on the same field as them. So, no. so you look at it as this is kind of both teams' Super Bowl. Uh, it's in East Lansing. I think it's going to be a hard fought game. I think uh, I think it's going to be nip and tuck the whole way. But I got it twenty seven twenty one Sparty. Ace. All right, so I'm going to switch gears. Um, switch them. Here's what I think is going to happen in this game. As I indicated, um, the two-headed monster in the Michigan backfield, is they're each going to go for 100 yards. Um, and McNamara is going to get Eric All loose for a touchdown. Love it. And uh, I like the sound so the, far. The kicker for Sparty, Matt. Oh, no, I Coughlin? didn't do any Coughlin? kicker research. Is or he is still it, a kicker? Or is it Coughlin? It's Coughlin. As in choke. Oh, no. And then oh, Michigan's no. kicker is Jay Moody. Jay Moody, who's 14 for 16 on the season, uh, dialing up long distance. I've got Michigan 29, 26, and a field goal to win it. Wow. And don't be surprised. It'll be a little bit more high scoring. Don't be as surprised if we play a little extra time in this game, boys. Oh, show me another college football podcast that gives you kicker analysis on the game. 
And that is a lot of times what these games come down to. Good call, Ace, on the kickers. All right, listen. I have written down in my notes. I did my prep. I crunched the numbers. I was in the lab. I have 23-17 to 17 Michigan State written down on this piece of paper right in front Low of me. Low scoring. 23-17. I think defenses um, stand out. I have player of the game. That's who I'm going to ask you guys next. I wrote Jaden Reed and Jalen Naylor, co-players of the game. I'm switching it. I'm ta- I cross off that prediction. I'm going 23-17. The Michigan Wolverines win. I think, Ace, I think you're right. If Michigan can get 100 yards out of those running backs, each of them. If we get uh, that, we're going to win. I agree. I think so, too. I think that's an easy recipe. And then I got convinced on that. Keep Kenneth Walker between the tackles and stuff the run. We Our D-line can dominate Michigan State's offensive line. Will they do it? I don't know. But they can all right, so I think if we can stop them on first down, hold them to second and long, third and medium, third and long, I think Michigan's got a chance. I'm going 23-17 to 17 Michigan, but as you can see, I'm a little torn there. Boys, what do you got as the – or who are you looking at as the player of the game in your games? Cole, I know you went okay. Michigan State with the win. Yeah. Who do you think is the player of the game? Um, I'm going to go Naylor. Uh, I, I want to – I don't – You think I, he gets a deep ball? Yeah. The smart pick is probably Walker, but – we know Michigan State wants to run it, and another team we knew was going to want to run it was Wisconsin, yeah. and we held them to 32 carries for 40 yards. Yeah. So I think if we're gonna if we're keying on the run, which I think we are, yeah. I think uh, the 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 deep ball will be there. I think, yeah. and I think our corners. It's it's going to be whichever right. one Vincent Gray is covering, or the pass interference flag will get. Yeah, the Vincent the Gray. Uh, yeah. it, he's either going to let deep balls go right by him or get five pass interferences. I think we can all agree that for Michigan State to win, they got to hit on a couple big plays from those receivers yes. on the outside. Yeah, Peyton Thorne's thrown 17 touchdowns this year. Yeah. I already told you McNamara has five. So, yeah. you know, I, I could see Michigan or Michigan State, you know, if they start getting bottled up, yeah. they may just say throw it. And you know what? I hope he duplicates what he did against the yeah. Hoosiers because we'll own him. Yeah, and I think when you think about – uh, when Michigan played Nebraska, that first half, Nebraska was doing the old traditional run it up the middle, kind they of very conservative. Anywhere. The second half, though, they switched to a more misdirection, yeah. throw it over the top, play action, reads. If Michigan State comes out from the jump and is doing all those types of things, we're in trouble. Trouble for Michigan. Yep. Ace, who do you see as the player of the game if Michigan's winning? You had Michigan winning. Yeah, I'm gonna. I've already talked about it. Uh, the you two running Moody? backs from Michigan. Oh, I thought you were you going know, Jay yeah. Moody. <laughs> if I'm gonna pick one, I'm gonna go with Haskins. This nice. guy is. Uh, he's a tough runner between the tackles, but I do think the other guy gets loose for yeah. a long one in this game. What? All right, Ace. Ace, you just leaned over to me. You got best bets written down. Do you like anything in this game? What are you playing in this game, boy? I'm not betting on this game. Oh, okay. You want to? Yeah. No, right. I'm just saying. Anything, yeah. anything else before I wrap up this Michigan Michigan State preview? I think it's uh, going to be an awesome game. I can't, I can't stop picturing Blake Corum posing like Paul Bunyan. I that like is ingrained in my mind right now. <laughs> so when that happens on Saturday, just know you well, heard it here first. I think game day is going to be in East Lansing, right? Probably. So all, all and, and I'll tell you right days. now, Izzo has already got. The crowd, they're going to fire it up. There, there's going to be a lot of passion yeah. in the seats in East oh, Lansing. Like so, uh, be exciting. You know, when's the last time that uh, these two teams squared off seven and zero with with a lot on the line? So, yep. uh, let's enjoy it. And uh, you know, we're going to celebrate when Big Blue comes out on top. It's going to be a great weekend, boys. Pistons get their first win tonight, and then we got Michigan, Michigan State on Saturday. All right. Shout out to a couple of my East Lansing boys that we may or may not have wagered a little lunch on this game. 
uh, Luke Conrad and Scott Jarvis uh, up in the thumb. Uh, good luck, boys, and I'm going to enjoy eating dinner with you guys. <laughs> um, all right, guys, I know that wraps up our topics for today. Ace has got a little bets that he wants to hit you with. Yeah, he's got two. You know, a lot of the, a lot of guys out there playing this uh, thing called a Deadpool, where you pick a winner in the NFL. And uh, Lions. If uh, if you guys rode uh, any of my uh, comments last week, um, you know I avoided the Rams and Cardinals, even though they uh, they snuck out uh, wins. They were the heavy favorites, and I went with the Patriots minus seven against the Jets, and uh, the Patriots put up fifty three. So hopefully you guys are riding the coattails on this one. I'm going to give you another one this week. And you know what? Uh, I'm picking on the Jets. Uh, I like the Bengals so going into New York else. and knocking off the Jets. The Jets have Mike White, the former Illinois football coach, playing quarterback for him this week. Do you guys know that? Mike sure, White has replaced uh, the Wilson kid in New York who got hurt. So, yeah. you know, put your money Flacco? on the Bengals. Put your money on the Bengals. Flacco's not ready yet. Uh, give him another week. He'll be in there, and uh, you can continue betting against the Jets this year. You got anything you love? I got – there's a lot of underdogs that are How locks. about the Bucks? Yeah, Minus just, four and a half that's at a New lock. Orleans? I think the Titans at the Colts are a lock. They're plus two. Oh, no, the Colts. Um, They're a wagon right now. I think there's – I like the Bucks. Um, Cowboys at the Vikings on Sunday night football, plus two and a half. If Dak plays. Yeah. He's yeah. questionable right now. Um, Love it. Yeah, those we, are the ones I I think like. we just made the, the crew money. Yeah, if you play all those plays, uh, you're probably going to be able to retire <laughs> if you're not already retired. So uh, I, I suggest that. Love, love it, boys. Looking forward to Michigan, Michigan State. Um, next episode, we'll be talking a review of Michigan, Michigan State. And then we'll start to look ahead at Big Ten basketball. Sparty opened up with their first exhibition last night. Yes, sir. We got Michigan opening Gabe up. Gabe Brown. Little oh. Gabe Brown highlights last we night. We got Michigan opening up next week. So we'll preview kind of what the, the scope of the Big Ten looks like. We'll hit on the World Series. Like I said, Braves-Astros 1-1. And we'll keep you updated on what's shaking with the Wings and the Pistons after the Pistons go 3-0 next week. All right, boys. That's it for today. Listen, it was a good week. The Lions took one on the chin. Wings are off to a good start. Pistons haven't started. We got a great weekend in college football. But as you all know, it is always Detroit versus everybody. Detroit, Michigan. Oh.